Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Squatter Podcast, and as always, we're joined by Matthew Templeton. Matthew, how are we? I'm fantastic, how are you? I'm fantastic, yes. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, we're not joined by Tony Welsh this week, usually we're always joined by Tony Welsh, but uh, unfortunately he will not be on the show, as Celtic lost last night, and he decided to bottle it and not come on. Matt, what's your thoughts? Um, Tony, you're going to be listening to this, and I'll be seeing you tonight, big man. Um... I would not do that if I were in your position, but each to their own, each to their own. At least you're mad enough to say, do you know what, I don't want to be on tonight. Matt, Stephen Rangers lose, we always show face, we always do the pod, accept the defeat gracefully and analyse it. Tony Welsh has bottled it. Yeah, well, you could say this like Celtic bottled it last night. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like it, nice wee segue, so... Last night, Matt, Celtic crashed out of the Europa League. They let Scottish football down by getting beat off Copenhagen 3-1. What was your thoughts? Um, well, I thought... Um, I did say the other night to you, obviously we were, everyone was going to say, but the possibility of an old firm in the last 16. And I said, Celtic need to get there first. And you were all like, oh, Celtic going to get there. But anything can happen in Europe. Of course, Celtic are... By on paper, anyway, by far the superior team. You've got like the likes of Edward and the team, um, Rogic, you know, great players. But they absolutely bottled it, like we said. And Copenhagen, fair play to them. They were much better on the night. Well, maybe not the first half. Celtic were good, good in the first half. But they came out the second half and, you know, got the goal. And, you know, I think Celtic should be embarrassed by this, really. Because, they, like I said, they're the, on paper, but anyway, the far superior team. And yeah, Matt, I thought the Celtic's performance was pathetic and their defending was very amateurish. It was it was really horrendous. It was. Um, Simonovic had an absolute howler, I thought, in the game. And so did Ayer as well. Ayer as well. On both central defenders, um, I think there's been question marks over Celtic's defence the last few while. Obviously, they've been outscoring opponents, so there's not been really an issue. But people, I've heard rumblings of people been concerned about that I'm sure you have as well and I would say it was just amateurs defending I think one of the goals basically just walked through the defence I think it was just their third goal yeah. just walked through the defence and basically just handed them a free goal it's just at this level in Europe regardless if it's Europa League or Champions League in a knockout round you cannot defend like that so Copenhagen's first goal what a shocker of a pass back that was from Simunovic I know, what, what what was he thinking? I have no idea what he was thinking. Like, that's the thing, though, no, I don't understand it, right? See, if you have any doubts, just all you need to do is put out for a shy. Exactly. And he decided to pass it back to the goalkeeper, a very sloppy pass back, which led to Copenhagen scoring. And then, as the game went on, Celtic, they got a penalty. Uh, would you say it was uh, the fair decision? Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone can argue against it. I know. So, Edward scores the penalty, very cheeky penalty. Pen- uh, wee Pereka. Yeah. And then right away, Copenhagen, go and score. Exactly. And Ayer was at fault, completely, like, was not on his man whatsoever, left the Copenhagen player with, like, so much space, and then Copenhagen take the lead, and then after that, Copenhagen will get a third one, and as you said, that was uh, the third goal where they basically just walked it into the net. Yeah. And, like, Brown and uh, Ayer, all over the place. All over the place, I think... I think, uh, sorry to interrupt, I actually, see Ayer... A lot of Celtic fans are done with him. Like they want him gone as soon as possible. It's quite funny. Like a year or two ago, he was the next big thing. 
You know, it's it's um I think obviously the last few well he's not been great. But if I if I'm gonna be in neutral here and if I was speaking from a Celtic point of view, which we would have had tonight, but anyway <laughs> I know, um, just a shame Tony I, was too scared to come on. <laughs> but um no, getting back to the point. For a Celtic point of view, I would still be sticking by after I still think he's could grow into a great defender for Celtic. He's not gonna go on to be like, the best ever defender but he's not I don't think he'll move to England um, anytime soon um, so I think Celtic needs to stick with him and I think he could be a good defender for them they need to, obviously I need to take him with the team I think just now because he's played a lot of games this season in fact the last couple of seasons he's played a lot of games I think and maybe just a wee break out of the team just to get his confidence back and um, they should kick on again from there but yeah for that second goal after Celtic scored their first um, obviously Copenhagen came, came back um, I thought you said that I was at full. You just it's just a cost chase levels dip. Like after you score, you're always most you're most dangerous to concede in. Mm-hmm. So it's just the concentration is like you said, amateurs defending. Yeah, and do you know one thing I was really surprised at, Matt, was the fact that Lennon went with the four two three one formation, and I really thought he was going to go with the the three five two because recently that's been working for Celtic. Uh, Celtic have been playing some decent stuff, getting results. So. I don't quite understand why Lennon changed the system up. Why would you want to f- uh, change something that isn't broken? Exactly, the expression goes exactly like you said. So, I don't know. Maybe because they didn't quite get the goals in the first leg, you know, so they were changing the system. I don't know. It was too much of a risk to, was. to change the system up and look what happened. Like Celtic got what they deserved and they're now out of the Euro- uh, Europa League. Um, and see, Griffiths, I, I just know that uh, I'm no... I'm a big fan of Griffiths, right? But it has to be said, recently, I'll give him credit where it's due, he has been in form. So, if I was Lennon, I would have started Edward and Griffiths. Because, as I said, like Griffiths has been in form and Edward and Griffiths seem to have a very good partnership together. So, I didn't quite understand that. And playing Ayer at right-back, when you've got Frimpong on the bench, did not understand that one from Lennon Unless at all. Unless Frimpong's... Is he, is he fully fit again? Or is he still... Yeah, he's fit, yeah. Because yeah, uh, like, I know he was injured recently. <clears throat> yeah, Frank Hall was on the bench. He right. didn't even bring him on as well, which was very odd. only made one sub, and that I mean, was Griffiths. I mean, I know... I he, he brought on Griffiths for Elanoussi, and I was quite surprised as well that he started Elanoussi, because that was his... I think that was his second start, or his first start, since the League Cup final. Uh-huh. And it's, it's clear as day, even on Thursday night, he was not match fit whatsoever. No, he's not, and you think in these games like this, like you said, you can't. I don't think you can be taking risks. You need to just go with what's trying tested at the moment, and just touch on the I know he played. He started his career at right back before he came. I think he. I think it was Kamarnik actually that moved him into centre back. But um, back to the point, like you need to go with what's working for you. you need to, and I'm and again, it's in the balance like it was. You just need to go get the win, and then when we do it down the line, when they've got the league wrapped up. Maybe that's when you start to kind of look at different things. Not just now. So I think um, Neil Lennon, I think, is partly to blame for this, as well as the players. I think it's like, obviously you can never fully blame the manager, you can never fully blame the players. I think you need to have a bit of both in there. You no, know, I agree. Like um, Lennon has to take responsibility for changing the system up when he really shouldn't have. And the players need to take responsibility for putting in that weak, pathetic performance. And I just want to touch on this. James Forrest... 
he's not looked the same player since Brendan Rodgers left. He's not, and do you, do you know what's weird, right? Because before Rodgers came in, people were saying Forrest is rubbish, he's done. Rodgers came in for the next three years, or three and a bit years, um, he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then now Rodgers is gone, he's not the same again. So Rodgers got the best out of him, and he obviously went up to really good levels. He was doing it for Scotland, got a got like five goals or something, two games for Scotland, mm-hmm. and Lennon needs to try and get the best out of Forrest again, because uh, it was only like last year, Forrest was playing well when Rodgers was there, so it's not like he just magically lost ability, it's obviously something to do with the tactics, the way he's been coached, and Neil Lennon needs to figure out how to get that back again, because if he isn't, Forrest, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Yeah, so I've seen a lot of Celtic fans saying, oh, that's it, Forrest is done, we need to get rid of him in the summer, but... You know what Celtic fans are like? They overreact oh, uh, quite yeah. a lot. I mean, let's. So I mean, we'll get into that subject later about Rogers, but you know that's a example yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, and Callum McGregor. Um, I just want. I just want to touch on this. Uh, do you think Callum McGregor's goal should have stood? Um, I probably do. No, I don't think so because, well, see, for me, right, it was a clear uh, arm right into the back of the Copenhagen goalkeeper from Julian, right? So. Like for me, that was a that was a clear foul, and it was the right decision from the referee. So that goal should not have stood because we see when McGregor hit that shot, uh-huh. the keeper was already down in the deck, and that was because of uh, the arm into the back of him from Julian. Do I need to say it again? But you know, like I think you know, you you're probably all right, but I think keepers do generally tend to get too protected, and that's that's just me saying it in general. Look at me, see your point, yeah, if he was only down and the shot was taken, which he was, maybe it shouldn't have stood. But what? Uh, for, uh, for me, yeah, like, when you look back at it, mate, you, I, I think you will agree with me, because I, I, I even did see a few Celtic fans online saying, like, at first, like, oh, goal should have stood, but then they seen, seen the replay, and like, yeah, that, yeah. that was the right decision. Um, but uh, Tony was actually saying last night uh, in our uh, group chat, like, he's still raging over the fact that Callum McGregor last week decided to shoot instead of passing to Edward. Yeah, see, that was a strange one for me as well, because I, 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 I was saying to Tony last week as well, that um, if that was against Rangers, he would have passed. Because they, they, they're not taking risks, they're choosing the right option in the big games against Rangers or in just like against Aberdeen in the league in general. I think, I don't know why he, he said shoot, because he made a great run, no doubt about it, but then he should have played, played them in. Because he just, then he took the shot. If we're going to take the shot, at least make sure it's on target. But he ballooned it over. Mm-hmm. And Callum McGregor, he is a great creative player. As you know, we know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be biased about that and say, oh, he's rubbish. No, he's a great player. But he should have really passed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony was absolutely human about that. Of course, that. I mean, I've... And he was saying that he was... But Tony's basically saying, like, he believes in fate and he thinks that was, like, one of the key moments which caused Celtic. Because to say... Celtic won last week. Like, like see their mentality and psychologically going into that game uh, last night, it would be much better than what it was, like, obviously last night. Because first half, as we, we touched on Celtic, they looked pretty crisp, they looked decent. Then second half, as soon as Copenhagen scored, the heads went right down. I know. And, yeah, but I think that was an interesting point that uh, Tony made about that. No, definitely. Like, if that was, say, had your sat, it was at our... Example for us, I'd be raging if he, if he, if he shot. Oh, yeah. But um, no, I can totally understand that. And I'm not a big believer in fate or anything like that, but I can, I can see where he's coming from. It did, it did change the, 
the tide of the, 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 the tie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scott Brown, last night, I thought... I, I just don't understand why some people genuinely think this guy still got it. Like, as soon as he got the ball, he was slowing the play down, taking far too many touches. He, I don't get, like, I don't get understand it, why Celtic fans still think he has the ability to perform at a good level week in, week out. You know, like, one thing I will give Scott Brown is that he is a leader, right? But, come on, like, how, like, the Celtic could get a much better midfielder in their prime than Scott Brown. And, yeah, I can understand why Lennon wants to be loyal to him, right? But it's going to get to that stage where he's going to be too loyal and it's going to cost Celtic big time. And I'm not saying Scott Brown is to blame for last night. He clearly wasn't. But he was shocking. He was. And I think he's been shot the uh, last two seasons or so. There's been a many a game where, I, where I've, I've watched Celtic and I've seen that Scott Brown is not up to par where he used to be. And he's been quite... And I mean, a few fronts come to mind, actually, where he's just been totally outplayed. Totally, he's not he's not kept up with the, the pace of the game. I know Celtic fans will say, Oh, but he's, he's not past it, he's this and he's that. Like me and you both say, he's a great leader. You will never lose that. Mm-hmm. He's a fantastic captain for how long it's been at Celtic, like ten plus years. But on his on the pitch, he, he's clearly lost his pace, any pace he did have, his knees are gone and he's just he's just a, a bit all the place at the moment. I, I would keep him in the club maybe for a season just to have him in the background there, but I would, certainly wouldn't play him every game. I would bring someone in. Maybe that's what they've done with that boy they brought in January. Um, Sorrow. Maybe they see him as a long-term replacement. But I wouldn't play him every single week. I'd maybe play him in league games or in like cup games or whatever, but not certainly uh, every European game because he's going to get found out at that level. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And he's got one season left, so I think uh, the reason that they gave him a two-year extension is because... Celtic fans in the club are like, yeah, he's he's here for ten in a row. <laughs> no, it's a hundred percent that, hundred percent that. I think if they if they do get ten, which obviously we're hoping they don't, but if they do get ten, let's just entertain it for example, for for a minute. If they do get ten, he will. That's the perfect opportunity for him to to leave, eh, to retire, sorry, and like maybe take out a coach role or something like that. So, I mean, mention on Copenhagen. How do you think they were, or like, how do you think they were uh, overall? I mean, they certainly um, got when they had chance, they certainly took them. Uh, obviously, they scored three goals at Parkhead, which I don't think we're not going to be stupid to say that's easy thing to do. That's a, that's a hard thing to do because Celtic are very good at home. We've um, I don't think they've been beaten at home since we beat them, but before that, obviously, they were, they've not been beaten at home in a long, long, long time. And in Europe, of course, they get beat at home, maybe by better teams, but Copenhagen, I think, done well. They took their chances. However, if I was like, if I was wanting them in the next round, uh, I think you would yeah, as well. Yeah, I really wanted Copenhagen in the next round. Because I think we could easily take them, obviously. Oh, I say easily. They would be a tougher challenge, but we could take them on with, with Bet Braga or Bet Porto. They would be nothing compared to those yeah, teams. Yeah, I don't think they're a great side at all. They're not, they're not like, they're, great I, like, enough. But see, especially in the final third minute, I thought, even though they scored three goals last night, but they were due to three horrendous mistakes from Celtic. They were very sloppy in the final third. They just looked very sluggish. Yeah. There wasn't a real, there wasn't like really crisp passing from them, or they weren't really like. I don't know. There was no real quality. Yeah. And that team, I would say, like I'm talking about, especially in the final third. But the defensively, I thought they were sound. Uh, the midfield looked decent, but. That's a team Celtic should be beaten. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. On paper, they are the far superior team Celtic. 
But you've got to give credit with Christmas through Copenhagen. The chance they did have be that due to their own their own self or due to Celtic's mistakes. They, they, they took chances that yeah. came to them for the most part. They scored four goals over the two legs. So, you know, to do that is, you know, you've got to give them credit. But just want to make a point. Obviously, we bit Michelin earlier on in the season over two legs to qualify. And they're like... They're top 12, of the league. 12 points clear or something yep, like that that's ahead right, yeah. of um, Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. So and we beat them comfortably. Exactly. That says a story, but... Exactly. Well, I think it's safe to say, mate, last 16s are just not for everyone, are they? No. <laughs> but, uh, well, I want to put out a fact that we were talking about earlier. We Since the last time Celtic won a knockout game, Rangers have been put down to the lower leagues. Lower leagues. We've had four seasons in the lower leagues, because obviously we spent two seasons in the championship. Mm-hmm. We've um, been banned from Europe, and we've got to a knockout round and won both legs. Yeah, bro, we've only been in, like... The Europa League, or like I, I actually qualified for Europe twice in the past, like got like nine or eight years. And the last time we got to this stage was two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven, yeah, and we actually beat uh, in the last thirty two. We beat Sport Lisbon. Yeah. Do you know who scored that game? El Hajj Juf. El Hajj Juf. Oh, you'll uh, you're turn about him the other night. Oh, I like El Hajj Juf. You made a good point actually. Like Manila should just a better version of him. Exactly, yes. <laughs> um, I see, see El Hajj Juf, right, I just loved him because he wound up Celtic fans. That is what, that's what, like, why, that's why Rangers fans, I loved him so much. Yeah. It wasn't like he was a great player, far no, from it, was, but it was the fact Celtic fans detested him. Let's not beat around the bush, he was a scumbag, but he was our scumbag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, remember when he won the league and he was on, obviously on loan from Blackburn Aye. Rovers, right? And he went down to their training ground and he was walking around wearing the Rangers strip, like, in his shorts with his league medal. <laughs> he's, 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 he's a mental man like ultimate wind up reaction 100% I just want to touch on um, something as well obviously we've got Leverkusen in the next round yeah and the remaining well, when we actually got to the final in 2008 we came up against another Werder German Bremen. team Werder Bremen and it was a similar situation where you're thinking Werder Bremen have got a great team they've got great young players and you know we probably could get beat here and that's the same for Leverkusen yeah. and look what happened in 2008 we went on to the final. That's right. You see, I, I remember that first leg game against uh, Wader Bremen. Like, we got two very, very lucky goals. And I remember, like, uh, Davis and Kuzan scored. And their goalkeeper just fucked up both the goals. Aye. And we were lucky, and they were lucky with that one. And uh, in the second leg, my God, mate, like, Alan McGregor was outstanding. Remember that save that he made? Aye. So it went down in history, mate. It was like iconic. Like, he's been so pivotal in European games for us over the years. Exactly, mate. Like, see that second leg, mate? They dominated us. They were all over us. And it was Alan McGregor. He was the reason why we got through. But see, that's an, that's an interesting thing. Obviously, they don't, like, back to 2008, they dominated us in Germany. See, this team in Germany, because I think this Leverkusen team are better than that Freddie Raymond team. But I think this Rangers team is probably better than that Rangers team. Anyway. I can't see us getting dominated in Germany. Obviously, I think they would get majority of the ball, but I think we'd still get chances. I don't think it'd be defended for 90 minutes. See, um, Leverkusen, they're a very good side, obviously. Yeah, they're, yeah, and, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're a very good side. And see, when I seen them are drawn against them, I was like, oh, God, right. And they've beaten Atletico Madrid at home this season. Aye. Um, they've beaten Bayern. And they've, they beat Bayern away. And they, they've beaten Dortmund as well. And... Yeah, they, they're a, a top, top side. And They've got, like, great, great young players. Yeah, and see the thing is, though, mate, like, Rangers have nothing to lose. No, exactly. We have nothing to lose. 
and I would not put anything past this Rangers team because no. it's such a bipolar, unpredictable team, right? But I, I feel as though Rangers work better and play better when we're the underdogs. I think so as well. Cause I we, think we work well with that price tag. No, that price tag, sorry, that, that, pri- uh, that, that pressure. That, yeah, yeah, that pre- like that label on us. Because I think, obviously, let's take St Johnson, for example, where we, we're the heavy favourites for that. We should be winning it, and we draw 2-2. Two, two. We're against Braga in their own backyard. Regardless, we're 3-2 up. A lot of people are saying, oh, we're going to get pumped if we win that one now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's weird. I think, I think everyone's writing us off. Against Barley Records and saying, oh, Rangers are going to get pumped and that, whatever. But they said that against Porto. Yeah. So that against Braga. We drew against Porto and yep. won it a win. But against, against Braga, we won against them in both legs, mm-hmm. who Braga had beaten Porto twice this season. They're better. Uh, beat, sorry, Sporting Lisbon and Benfica. They're like the form side in Portugal just now. I mean, obviously, that's we bet them in two legs. So do not, I'm a bit final as well. So do not. Write us off, I know. Write us off. Exactly. And. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? But see when we beat Braga last week, I think that was our first defeat in like ten games or so. Basically, since the new managers came in. Yeah, since the new managers came in. Yeah, fact, they've like basically won every single game, but they've only been defeated twice, and that's against Rangers both times. That's fantastic, man. Fantastic. <laughs> um. So, uh, just going back to Celtic. Um. Yeah, that was a a really bad result for them. But we'll we'll move on from that. And we'll speak about Brendan Rodgers. Um, it was a year ago this week, Brendan Rodgers decided to leave Celtic and go to Leicester City. And Leicester City, Matt, are doing fantastically well right now. Sitting third in the league. Jimmy Vardy is firing in all cylinders at this moment in time. And Jimmy Vardy's back to his usual self, like the Jimmy Vardy from 2016. I think that's a testament to Brendan Rodgers. And credit where it is, Rodgers is a very good coach. Um, so Matt, the reaction, we'll never forget it, the reaction from Celtic fans when Rodgers decided to quit, I thought, I can, I thought like, yes I can understand why they're upset, but some of the abuse Rodgers was getting and some of the things they were saying about him was utterly disgraceful. It was absolutely shocking, I'm pretty sure his house not get broke or something. Yep, so all, all of his uh, league medals and... Uh, like yeah, it's all it's all these medals and awards and whatever. It's, I mean, the reaction was absolutely blown away, way proportionally. He's obviously it's not nice when your manager leaves halfway through an important season when there's only a few points in it at that point. It's just uh, I, I didn't get it at the time, and they're they're acting as if like their their mum's just killed their killed their dad or something. You know, like it's that that's a stupid comparison, but that's how stupid the reaction was. You know, it's just it was blown away out of proportion. And obviously they're saying, oh, I'm going to Leicester City, who like at that point like ninth or something on the table, whatever. Saying, oh, that's that's a down state from Celtic. Uh, yes, I'm, I agree that Celtic are a much better club than Leicester, but it's the Premier League. It'll get lots more money, a bigger transfer budget, and now he's on course to take them to the Champions League. Yeah, no, he's definitely going to do it this season. Exactly. Yeah, and see, and like I was actually defending Rodgers at that time, right? Because the aim for him was always to go back down south, right? And I think that was the best job he was going to get. That was the yeah. best job he was going to get. And Leicester did say to him, right, take it or leave it. We're not going to be waiting till the summer. If you want the job, take it now. Yeah. So they, he was left with that ultimatum. Like He was like, what did I do? Just stay at Celtic and maybe potentially get a job like down south, like down the line, who knows? I might get like, a, it'll be a smaller club. It won't be 
like a club the size of Leicester and the resources they have, right? You wouldn't get that like offer ever again. I remember people were like, Oh, you might go to Arsenal, you might go to uh, Chelsea. That was never gonna happen. Chelsea at that point always had their eyes set in Lampard and I don't think Arsenal would have went for Rodgers because even though they got Mikel Arteta, I think the thing that, that that really lured Arsenal into getting Arteta is the fact that he worked under Guardiola for three or four seasons, right? Uh. But they would just see Rodgers as right. If it, like they would think, oh, he failed Liverpool, and obviously, obviously, he's at Celtic, right? Ah, it's Scottish football, yeah. They they would. I don't think they'd take that chance, no. even though they took on Arteta. But I don't think they would want to go for someone like Rodgers, who is yeah, he's managing. In Scottish football, anyone can do that. So, yeah, I think, as I said, that was the biggest job that Rodgers was going to get was a Leicester job. And here's a question for you, Matt. Who thinks a better manager, Neil Lennon or Brendan Rodgers? Rodgers, obviously, like... 100%. Obviously, Lennon, um, that's what I was going to ask you. Oh, so what do you, how do you think Lennon's done in the year he's been in charge? I think he's probably done better than he expected to do. And I think he's obviously done what's expected and a bit more. But, um, no, going back to your question... Rodgers is the much better coach. Obviously, he's proved that at Celtic by when he came in, won everything they could possibly win in domestic terms. Obviously, in Europe, some questions were asked. Obviously, when he in the Champions League, he was just trying to play the same way he played in Scotland against like, yeah, PSG and that. It didn't really work. Like, but at least Neil Lennon, I think Neil Lennon's got a better record in Europe. In he does, yeah. But, see... Rogers, I just want to touch on this as well. Like, I said it last year on the pod, but right. we done one on Rogers uh, leaving. See Celtic fans, mate, they should be kissing this guy's feet for what he done for that club. Like he won double treble, um, and obviously won that league cup in his last season. Um, the invincible season as well. Got Celtic playing some fantastic football, and obviously dominant wins over Rangers. Celtic fans should be kissing this guy's feet. They should still regard him as a Celtic great for what he done in that club. He done fantastic work there. And yeah, I just thought the, the abuse that he received was ridiculous and I don't think his legacy should be tainted Absolutely or tarnished like, whatsoever. No. It was like he it wasn't see when he when he left, it wasn't like he was disparaging the club. It wasn't like he was bad mouthing the club. He spoke very positively about Celtic and yeah, it's it's like, come on, Celtic fans, you got a short memory. Just think where you were before Rodgers came in. Yeah, I know, like, it was under Ronnie Dyler, but you still won the league, right? But it yous weren't, like, dominating in the cup competitions compared to what Rodgers done with Celtic. And you know, Celtic fans should be grateful and they should not disparage this guy. I think it's ridiculous some of the things they've said about him. Do you know I think got to a lot of Celtic fans as well is the fact that he was saying he was a Celtic supporter? And that he grew up a Celtic fan and that. I think that's what got to him. Like, if he was a true Celtic fan, he wouldn't have left us like this halfway through the season at an important part of the season and that. But any day, whether he's whether he's a Celtic fan or not, he's got a career to look out for. Exactly, bro, it's business. Like Exactly. That's like no like Rogers, I can imagine he was on a good wage there, right? But as I said, his aim was to always go back down south and he's seen the project at Leicester and the money that he would he would be getting and the money he would be able to spend on players and Rogers one of his uh, key things is working with young players he loves developing young players and uh, like improving them he loves doing that and he, he always has a philosophy and he likes to work in a project and obviously you've seen that he signed a five year deal with, uh, I think it was uh, a few weeks ago actually Aye. or a few months ago when he was like an Arsenal job he signed a five year deal 
So they're obviously invested in Brendan Rodgers. And what there was not much more he could do in Scotland. And he, I think he even said that, like... He's what he's probably he's, getting bored. Is that he won the he, like he won the back to back trebles, unbeaten for a season. The only thing that he couldn't really succeed in was Europe, and he even said to the board. Remember the start of the uh, I think the start of last season, he said. Well, I think there's been Celtic got knocked out of the Champions League. He was like, well, like. If Celtic really want me to stay here long term, I'm paraphrasing here, right? But he's basically saying, if Celtic want me here long term, they're born need to back me. Because Roger's ambitious guy, he wants to do well in Europe, and the Celtic board were not going to back him. They were just giving him enough money to do well domestically, but he's like, no, I want to do well in Europe. Aye. You know, because like, if you want to compete, you need, you need, you need to give me money. And yeah. the Celtic board, law well tight as he is, wasn't willing to do that. I'm not, I'm not saying this player would have been like, Game changer in Europe, but it certainly would have helped her cause. Was John McGinn? I think that whole fiasco as well. Yeah. Uh, made Rogers think what the hell? Can I spend what was it four million or something? Um, uh, Hibs were wanting for McGinn, but they spent two point five million on Bud disco lights. I know. And like Rogers was thinking, if this football club wants to be taken seriously outside Scotland, then I need to be paying money for like players who well can see. John McGinn's potential who's he's thriving in the Premier League just now and the Celtic got him having a real good player for them but instead of spending money you know lights you know uh, exactly like it's, it's, it's just daft and I remember uh, like Celtic fans were saying oh if, look, look this is how like, I have to say this, right? Celtic fans are complete hypocrites right see when like Ben Rogers was saying all that stuff like the Celtic board need to back me they were saying oh no we need to back Rogers or else we're going to lose this blockbuster manager and the Celtic board did back him right they lost Rogers and guess what they didn't have a go at the board they all had a go at Rogers for leaving you're like exactly like, I don't understand come that on, it makes no sense and then they up of course like they were saying that the year he's been in the job Neil Lennon has done good but they ended up with Neil Lennon I'm pretty sure that's not who most Celtic fans wanted I'm just, maybe I'll, a few of them did but they would have been looking for someone in the mould of Rogers. yeah so that's what, that's what I what I'm asking so what do you th- how do you think Lennon's done in his first year back he's done what's been asked of him um, obviously Lennon and Rogers play a different style of football but as I said Lennon's done what he's asked uh, been done he's done what's been asked of him where he, he won the treble treble won um He's won the League Cup so far this season. Uh, Celtic are sitting top of the league, very comfortable right now. And the, obviously they're still in the Scottish Cup. So, yeah, overall, Lennon has done a good job. It has to be said, like, credit where it's due. Lennon's done, as I said, done what's been asked of him. And, yeah, like, he's... They're, they're on course to win the league, right? Uh, I'll come out and say it. The league title... Uh, well, the title race is done now. Um, yeah. Celtic will win it. Rangers have completely shot shot themselves in the foot, and yeah, I would say Lennon. He, I think he deserves a bit more credit because anytime Celtic do lose, Celtic fans pile on him. They just it seems like they're, they're looking for any opportunity to like absolutely criticize him and have a go at him because he did, they wanted that a blockbuster manager, right? But that wasn't going to happen, and I don't think it will happen for a long, long time because that was it. Brendan Rodgers going to Celtic. That was a that, that was that, exactly that's when they got Rogers. That was them. That's a glass ceiling they hit. That was the best they were going to get. And yeah, they've got Lennon now. And I remember when 
they won the treble treble. Celtic fans were like, no, we don't want Lenny. No, we want someone with a bigger name. And that was like, yeah, right. He, like, he's won the treble treble. He's, like, he's done what the board wanted him to do. So, like, he deserves a job. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I've seen people were saying, oh, I think they're getting Mourinho or Wenger in or something. Delusional. And, like, Benitez as well. Like, no, that's not getting the... I think the biggest name they could have potentially got was, like, Bilic. I think he actually did say he was interested. He was interested, but he's ended up at um, West Brom. Yeah, exactly. So, we'll move on from Celtic. So, um, yeah, but it was two Rangers fans, obviously, talking there about Celtic. Um, but I feel as though we gave Celtic a, a good amount of airtime there. And just a shame Tony wasn't on the pod for, for that Rogers segment because I had some good questions lined up. Yeah. But Tony, Tony bottled it. So, <laughs> right, we'll move on to the Rangers. Yes. Um, so, Matt, Rangers made the last 16. Yep. Utterly phenomenal, mate. Um, beat Braga 1-0. Uh, so, where do we start with that one, man? Uh, first half, mate, what was your thoughts on the performance? Um, I thought we were... We were good. We done everything right, uh, apart from putting the ball in the back of it. What would no, you think? You know, it's absolutely your spot on there. We done, we done well. We, we defended well. Uh, Goldson Henderson done fantastic in the first half, and um, Kent should have. We had two tracks. The, the first one I think was um, Camberry. That was when um, Arthur was running through. Then he played it to Camberry. Yeah, I think he should have played it earlier. He should have. I think it was two things. Wrong with that, I think, like you said, they should have played it earlier, which would have gave Camberry a much better chance of scoring. But when he did play at Arfield, I thought it was a bit behind Camberry, so that's why the shot uh, was straight at the keeper, wasn't really any kind of direction on it. And then obviously, the second chance we had in the first half, or the second major one, was um, Ryan Kent. Hadji done well to get the ball that he was running, and most players would have like shouted that challenge. Like they would have yeah, exactly. held off the player with a corner or something like that, but Hadji didn't shit himself a dig the ball over the defender and then he had the calmness to get his head up. because um, like I said, if that was Marilis, Marilis would have shot there, hundred yeah. percent. But Hadji got his head up, so so Ken in the middle. Ken should be burying that, mate. He's seven million that. pounds, he should be burying that. I know he should it, I don't care if it was on his bad foot, that should be going in the back well, of the or it or the, the bare minimum on target. Exactly. If it was on target it would have been in. I mean, like, Kent is very two-footed, as we know. Hadji's obviously more two-footed, I don't know what foot he has at times, but like you said, like, Kent, if it is his bad foot, he should be burying that anyway. And, yeah, it's a bad miss, but, um, no, I was happy with the first half. Yeah, and I just want to touch on... Oh, the uh, penalty this. as well. Hmm? The penalty as well. We'll come to that in a minute. But what was your thoughts on the team? I was, uh, I was actually, it was a team I probably would have played, right? And I was over the moon to see Cathy try the team and big George Edmondson come in. So I tweeted that out during the week, right after the St. Johnson game, which we'll come on to. I was like, right, obviously, I think you're in agreement with me as well, Matt. Like, Cathy recently has been really poor. Get George Edmondson in the team because anytime Edmondson's played, he's played well. Remember, um, he played against Hibs, scored, he scored, had a good showing, and I was over the moon to see him in the team. And it was great to see Ryan Jack back. You can see how well organised our midfield is when he's in it and Camberry I thought had a really good showing and every man on that pitch mate was outstanding but uh, just we'll get back in track there we'll talk about uh, the penalty um, for, what was your thoughts a uh, clear penalty uh, yeah it was a clear penalty it was a hand yeah, ball, hand ball all day long, I don't know yeah. why the VR took so long to confirm that I think maybe they were just maybe checking if it should have been a red card or whatever but um, 
No, it's a clear handball. I don't think you can, anyone can argue with that. How do you think is people saying, oh, it's another penalty you missed. Oh, it was a good penalty, penalty. It was a good, that's what I'm saying, but was it a good penalty? Um, obviously, every missed penalty is going to look, in quote, bad, but I think you've got to give credit to keeper. He gets the right way, and um, he got a good hand on it, which didn't, he didn't put it back into play where people could tap it mm-hmm. in. He got it away from danger. And if the keeper went the wrong way, people would have been saying, oh, it was a great penalty. Yeah, exactly. You know, so... You know, he's got to take the good with the bad, you know, Hadji's been great for his all season and, you know, ever since he came in, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, when he missed the penalty, but, you know, he did get his head on as we'll get on to. Yeah, and see, first half, mate, I was very happy with the performance, we were in control, as I said, we'd done everything right, but put the ball in the back of the net, and I texted Stuart at half-time, I was like, like, I was I was quite concerned, uh, quite concerned because I was like, I really hope the boys... Heads don't go down. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, man! Like, like we 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 like we just miss a penalty right before half time, and I was thinking Braga might be fired up. They might be like, yes, that's uh, the motivation we needed to go on and win this game, and you see, but you seen how much it meant to the Braga goalkeeper who, uh, who I'll say was fantastic. Right, he had a phenomenal over the, game. Over the two legs. Yeah, exactly. And you seen the 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 passion in his face. When he saved that penalty, and I was like, "Oh God, man!" Like second half, I hope that I hope this is not going to be one of one of those games where Rangers like lose a game. It's like a glorious defeat where we play well, work hard, and then they get that one goal, and it's we just, were so close but couldn't get the job done. Yeah. But my God, mate! Second half, we showed like no signs of like any weakness or no no signs of uh, any like. Any mentality uh, yeah, issues. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. We, we, like, our performance levels did not drop whatsoever. And then at the 61st minute, Ryan Kent, who uh, in the first half was poor, and recently he has been poor, silenced every Rangers fan, including you and I, who had been criticising him. And what a glorious ball that was from Hadji to Ryan Kent. Ryan Kent, you see what? Like, as you were saying, uh, off-pod, like... First half, that was an easy chance for him, should have buried it. But that the goal that he scored, it was a difficult goal to score. And he, 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 he loves making it hard for himself, but what a fantastic finish it was from Ryan Kent. Seems, every time I think of Kent's goals for Rangers, they all seem to be screamers. Like, the goal against Celtic, that was a screamer, like, first time posting in. Then, like, the, the chance he had in the first half, that was easier to probably miss than score. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably easier to score than miss, sorry. Um. Then obviously had Hadji first of all. I thought it was Hadji. Honestly, that I don't think he was even looking when he played that ball. He just naturally played it. He knew someone would be running. He's so gifted, man. He's so he's so naturally gifted, just like his father. And then Kent for a split second. I thought Kent was going to get the end of it. I thought the defender was going to get there first. Mm-hmm. Then Kent got there. Beautiful touch to get himself away from the defender. Keeper comes out, but um, Kent as cool as you like. Picked his spot and it's in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that criticised us. We, now, we weren't saying, oh, Kent's absolutely awful. Like some No, because he's a great player. Because um, it's of... just, he, he, like, his form didn't justify him being in the team. That was all. Exactly. Like, it, like, we, as I said, we all know how talented he is, but a player that's out of form, we were just like, right, okay. Every player like, out of form, you know? Exactly, we're just like, just give him a wee break, two or three games, whatever, like, or know, just, dro- just, just drop him or like put him on the bench. Like, that's all we were saying. But my god, like fair play to Gerald, that's very stubbornness. Came <laughs> like actually uh, came back and was on his side. Aye. You know, um, Cause I just want to touch on that quickly, sorry. It's just a lot of Rangers fans were saying, 
oh, Kane, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's rubbish, he's an absolute waste of 7 million and all that. I'm just thinking... You weren't saying that when he scored against Celtic. Exactly, you weren't saying that when he scored against Celtic. I mean, every, every fan, let's not kid on here, every fan would say announce Kane every single day, announce Kane, announce Kane, announce Kane. And then they're suddenly saying, oh, I never wanted him anyway, he's rubbish, oh, it's a waste of 7 million. Just like, come on, like, he can't choose a transfer fee and he plays, every time he... He plays one thing you can never say about Ryan Kent, he, ne- he always tries. He never, never hides. He never hides, he always tries. Yeah. And football these days, the prices are going to be elevated. Okay, maybe a few years ago he'd have been like 4 million, right? But obviously prices are up to 7 million. And these fickle fans said, oh, Millibar, no this and no all that. Just shut up. Like, he, he scored an important goal against Celtic. He scored, obviously, um, on Wednesday night. Obviously, me and you were saying we should be dropped from the team, but you'd just say that. Yeah, just because he's purely like a form, not because I don't think he's a bad player or anything. But um, yeah, he's like you said, he's certainly critics, and I'm so happy for him because he's probably I should have to go to you, um, and McCullough and that. I think the two most actually well maybe before Harry and Kent, I maybe put Hadji in that um conversation now. Yeah, they're the three most naturally gifted players. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's been undone there. <laughs> yeah. So me, you know who's my man in the match. Big George Edmondson. Yeah, yeah, you were buzzing oh, about that. Mate, honestly, man, he was outstanding, mate. Like, he is my type of defender, right? No, old school, no nonsense. Like, if in doubt, Rose Ed. Like, just like, that's what, oh, mate, he was an absolute rock, mate. He was a unit at the back, mate. Like, taking absolute no shit from anyone. Nah. And, oh, mate, I was just so buzzing after, like, that game. And I would see his interview as well. But he was just like, this is why I came to Rangers. He has like a big coat hanging in his mouth. Oh, no, he's like, this is why I came to Rangers. This is one of the best days of my life. Uh, I'm honestly over the moon for George Edmondson. And he deserves to be in the first team going forward, mate. Like, so 110%. And, and him and Goldson together, partnership is fantastic. I know they've only played like a handful of games together, but they just seem like they have great chemistry. And Goldson... Was like you know how at times goals and dips about with the ball quite a bit like you would like like pass the ball about or just like make really poor decision making. See what see what Goldson was doing. It was like what Edmondson was doing. No nonsense. Rose Ed, if in doubt, Put out for a shy. That's it. That's the way. Like see if I was a manager, bro. That's the way I would instruct my defenders to play. None of this tappy tappy shit. We were playing it out from the back. Nah, fucking. Oh, if, if you're under pressure, out for a shy. Exactly. This is interesting. Like, in my opinion, right, obviously we've got four centre-backs in the club. We've got um, Conor Goldson, Nico Katic, George Edmondson and Hillander. In my honest opinion, I think Hillander's our best defender at the club. Obviously, he's not got the pace like um, Katic does or um, even Edmondson to an extent. But I think Hillander is just so tactically aware, knows where to be and he just... Reads the game. Reads the game so yeah, well. tremendously I, I just think Hillander's our best defender. So I, th- I, w- I would like to... Maybe when he's fit, or like we've got nothing more to play for, I'd like to see Hollander and Edmondson play together because I think they're both very similar in the sense that they're no less defenders. They're just they're just good at defending. They love doing that. So I think that'd be an interesting. No, I, I agree. I agree. But the thing is, though, Goldson is Gerard's boy. Yeah, which I can appreciate because he is he is a leader. He is imposing, but at times he is a bit rubbish. At times. Oh no! He is like I, I see Goldson. I'm not comparing the two players, right? But. I would say he's like he's a wee bit like Carragher, and only in the sense of where Carragher, in order to play well, he has to have someone good alongside him. Like Carragher, if he has someone crap alongside him, he will have a terrible game. Yeah. Goldson, 
see if like put it this way, if Goldson's uh, defensive partner is having a bad game, Goldson will not have a good game. That was clearly evident on Sunday against St Johnson. Katic was having the worst game I've ever seen him have, right? Goldson, like he wasn't as bad as Katic, but Goldson was still poor. Do you know what you were telling me, Carragher, to throw a modern day example of that is? And it's actually the same club, Lovren. Mm. Dejan Lovren, when Van Dijk's not next to him, he, he struggles. Like, I don't know, like Gomez, for example, is next to him, he struggles. But when Van Dijk's next to him, Lovren plays well. Now, I don't know if that's just due to Van Dijk being a fantastic defender, but uh, back to the point, that's I get what you're saying, that uh, when Goldson has someone next to him who's calm, who's good, who's not... Con- could be making mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes. So yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Pardon me, yeah. So, going forward, uh, I would say, like, I want one touch on this as well, like, see when Barisic and Tavernier are in the team, when they're both in, right, you see the difference in the chances we create. Like, see down the right-hand side and the left-hand side, it's just constant creativity. It's just constant both crosses in the box. Yeah, and you see on Sunday, against St Johnson, Andy Halliday at left back mate Andy Halliday, yes, solid servant, but he's simply not good enough, right? He he really isn't. And but you, you see you see the difference in the team when even when one of them aren't playing, like either if Tamir or Barisic if one of them aren't playing, you see the difference 100%. and we're not the same side. And I always hop on about this, right? The modern day fullbacks, that's what both of them are. And see that's one thing I love about Gerard. He is able to adapt with the times and realise that fullbacks aren't what they were before, where they would nah. just sit back like your Gary they're Neville's. More like, they're more like, yeah. they're yeah. more like wingers now. Yeah, exactly. Like, like state fullbacks need to have, obviously, every footballer needs to have great cardio, right? But fullbacks, especially, because they need to track back constantly, need to get involved in attack, you know, and as I said, like, track back to defend. And yeah, like, fullbacks are such a crucial part of football and especially going forward nowadays. And you see nowadays, mate, do you ever see teams that just have two very defensive limited fullbacks? I I really see it nowadays anymore. Not even teams that like, you know, park the bus, like um you know, like Mourinho's teams for example, you still got players who the wing back uh, fullbacks or wing backs still go forward, you know? Yeah, you even seen it with them, like as you say, like Mourinho's Chelsea would park the bus quite a lot, right? But you would still see Felipe Louise and uh, Aspiriqueta bomb forward. Exactly. He just, he just, it's just, it's just, the game's evolved now. And I went about to touch on his one. I loved as well. It's, it's quite subtle, but it's, it's great coaching points that the two fullbacks who go when they go forward, Barisic and Tav, I like how Jack and Arfield cover their positions because mm-hmm. I think maybe that's what we've been lacking previously. Where um, under different managers, Warburton, for example. When Tav would go forward and whoever our left back was at the point they go forward, there was no one covering. Mm-hmm. Remember that we conceded a goal against um, when we got beat four 0 at Ten Castle. Tav went forward, then couldn't get back and we conceded. That's you need. That's what you need to do as well. Obviously, every team that has the fullbacks of one forward, you need to have cover as well. And that's what good teams do. They like they're they're quite fluid. Where you go here, I'll go here, and that. Yeah, exactly. And as we were saying earlier, bro. He's seen the difference in the, the midfield when Ryan Jack was in it. 100%. And uh, Davis, and I also mentioned he was fantastic. Like, Davis, he's an player who's had a wee dip in form, but he just, like, in Thursday night, turned up to the occasion. Looked like the Stephen Davis that we all know yeah. and love, you know. We're still waiting on him to get his first goal since he came back to Rangers. No, he scored. Um, I'm not. Who did he score again? No, he scored against Porto. 
Member? Yeah. Not a member? He scored against Porto? Ah, he scored against Porto, mate. Right. Oh, oh, I, 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 I scored against Porto, Ibrox. I saw he did, I, I want to talk about it, I. But that Simon Davis, like, aye. he actually has a good long shot on him, but he never shoots, it's no, so good. Against, but in that 0-0 no, no, against Aberdeen, it's he's, he's a, a, a shot, and the Jolius made a really good save. Yeah, I know, I just want him to shoot more. Like, like Remember Ryan Jack had that issue like before Gerrard came in, aye. and Gerrard obviously seen the quality that he has, and he's like, yeah, just shoot. Just have a go. That's it. Probably, like, off the wee side point, that's the problem we've had... Recently, where we're just trying to walk the ball into the back of the net, we're just doing this tippy tappy stuff at the end of the box. A lot of times when we, we shoot, we score like Arfield uh, previously in the last two games uh, in the league. No, no, yeah, he's back to his old self, which is just, great. He scored two screamers in a row against, um, who was it? Against Hamilton and against Kelly. Kelly, aye. Yeah, like he was, like he's back to his old self, Arfield. Yeah. He just needed a wee break, I think, out of the team. And Arfield, he worked so, so hard, man. See, that's, that's the thing. He had a wee break out of the team and he's came back. He's been excellent. That's what we should do. Players who aren't playing well, give a break out of the team and they come back and play back to the water. Like Arfield's a pretty example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly, mate. And yeah, that was a fantastic result against Braga, mate. And uh, I, I just can't wait for the game against Leverkusen in the two games and you know the away game is on my birthday is it that'll be a good wee birthday present for you oh um, if we get through oh yeah aye do you know what's quite funny if we'd won the group we'd have got Leverkusen anyway that's right so we're, we're, we're going to face them so I think I think we um, like we were touching on earlier with Fred and Bremen that it's a very similar situation but I think we could if we if we play like we did against Braga we've got every chance exactly you're absolutely spot on mate so, happy days, loved Wednesday night, and Rangers, the most bipolar team <coughs> out, honestly. Oh, honestly, 100%. So, obviously, we're going to stay on the topic of Rangers. Um, so, we've got a, a question uh, from, not a question, but it was, um, yeah, it is a question, actually, uh, from one of our listeners, Andy Webster, um, uh, big Rangers man. Um, so, he's asked us, like about Rangers lack of form recently right we're going to come on to this subject anyways but he's been asking about where's it went wrong for Rangers uh, the defensive uh, mistakes that we've made recently and us not taking our chances Matt where do you think it's went wrong for Rangers since we've came back from the winter break I think it's um, I think it's a couple of things I think first of all I think the players I don't want to question the mentality because I think they've proven they've got a good mentality uh, in, the, in the Braga games, you know, uh, obviously being 2-0 down and bringing it back to win the game and then win the second leg. So I think, I don't want to question that too much, but I do think at times you have to question it because obviously we bet, going into the new year, we bet Celtic at Parkhead, which we've not done for a very long time. But nine years. Ten years. Nine, sorry, yeah. <laughs> nine, sorry, yeah. No, in fact, uh, I was n- nine, yeah, it was nine years. Nine years. Yeah, it, was, so it, was, it was still 2019. No, it was the last time we beat him was a party in 2010, but it was still technically 2019. Yeah, so, yeah, so nine years ago at that point. Yeah. But, and a lot of no, club, I can't remember any domestic team beating them at Parkhead in a long, long time until we came along and done it. But uh, anyway, so yeah, they, they bet them at Celtic Park and they, they probably thought, oh, we, we bet Celtic... They, 
Uh, I don't think they actually thought the league was won, but I think subconsciously they maybe thought, oh, we're the best team now, we, we're going to go into win the league, and they just played their standards. The ball was in our court. The ball was in our court, and I don't I don't think the pressure necessarily got to us, I just think they just let their standards slip because they had bets out to get Parkhead, and over the winter break they were posting on Instagram, oh, look at us. Doing the Ryan Kent celebration that. Um, but see, for me, the, I th- I th- this is why I think it's went wrong in the league, right? See, when Celtic lost that old firm game, right? See, at that point, they were playing the four two three one system. And I think Lennon realised, right, teams have sussed us out. They figured us out. And so they went on the winter break, tried out new systems, right? Celtic came back after winter break and were playing the three five two system. And that's clearly worked for Celtic. They, they were, like, recently playing some good stuff, winning games, and they're obviously sitting top of the league for a reason because Lennon realised right four two three one isn't working anymore too predictable three five two came back and they're, they're flourishing in the league so Rangers on the other hand went to Dubai and I don't think we actually worked on any systems I, I think we just were uh, like doing the four three three trying to make it even better than what it was and the thing is though Matt we cannot I don't think any team can play the same formation every single game throughout a season and expect to win every single game no. and, like, and not lose, you know. And credit for the Celtic went uh, wherever they went on the winter break, worked on new systems, and yeah, it's paid off. Whereas we, we never done that. And I think the reason why our form's been so poor recently in the league is because teams have sussed us out because we don't have a plan B. And... It's if, like it like every manager in Scotland when they're playing against Rangers knows right it's going to be four three three right we know what to do we know how to keep them quiet and the one of the best teams that are good at keeping us quiet are Aberdeen right Aberdeen are a pure side but McInnes knows how Gerard will set his team up and that's why there's like eleven men behind the ball and he it's like as I said very predictable very pedestrian where. It's like just putting plenty of men behind the ball, frustrate Rangers because, as you said earlier on, at times we want to pass the ball into the net, and that's easy pickings for Aberdeen all day long. So, that's uh, like one of the. I think that's the key reason why our form has been poor recently, Matt, is because we didn't try new systems. Uh, new systems, uh, when we were away in Dubai. No, definitely. I think we were just doing exactly what we were doing the whole season in training, except it was just entering Dubai. It was literally just a change of scenery, that was it. And I think what we should have done is been like, okay, so we're bet Celtic using that four three three, that's absolutely brilliant. However, we are now the team to beat essentially. So we need to come up with different ways to win. Because we can still use that four three three, which has been successful the first half of the season. Yeah, it was successful on Thursday, but, but we need to, it was successful on Thursday because I Bragg actually wanted to play football. Teams in Scotland don't want to play football. I know. Apart from Celtic. Um and that plays into our hands because we can, I think, when teams play football, I think we can go for them toe for toe. Um, most teams anyway. Not like, I'm not saying like, you know, like Barca or whatever, you know. But um, teams like to sit back. So they're probably working on stuff over the winter break saying, okay, we're going to strengthen this even further. So they can't break us down. So we need to work on new systems to beat teams, which is exactly what Celtic done and obviously it's a fruition. And that's why we've come up with an example as well. One of the best teams in recent times was is Man City. And obviously they beat Real Madrid on Wednesday. But they don't play the same system every single time. I remember before the game, everyone thought, oh, okay, they're going to Bernabeu, but they're still going to play this 4-3-3. They're going to play these players. But they didn't play 
the players were expecting to play and they didn't even play the system mm-hmm. everyone expected them to play because Jesus who's a striker was practically playing at left back they were playing like a kind of diamond formation where they flooded all areas and obviously they won 2-1 mm-hmm. so even the best teams in the world mix up and you have we, to we, you have to you just can't do the same thing over and over and expect to get the same results of course those results in the first half of the season were very good results mm-hmm. and obviously we beat Celtic which we've touched on but you need to change it every so often because teams like I said are going to suss us out we need to change it and become we need to have more, more than one way to beat a team yeah exactly and a perfect example of that was on Sunday where Rangers drew with St Johnson two each which was which basically killed our title challenge it did right? I, I, like I, as I said earlier on the pod the title challenge is done now Celtic will win the league you know? and it pains me to really fucking say that but they will Um. And we've got no one to blame but ourselves, right? No, 100%. So, perfect example of that is on Sunday, right? We started off with a 4 3 3 and we were drawn at half time, right? Then Gerard changed the system up. We're playing 4 4 2. Camberry scores, gets an assist, right? Morelos was not having the best of games at that point, right? But keep him on, right? So, he decides to take off Morelos. Right, which I did not understand whatsoever. Then we go back to the four three three, right? And look what happens. I'm not saying, like, yeah, that's the reason we like, that's the reason we conceded that goal. No, the we the two goals that we conceded were Katic Katic's individual fault. errors. Yes, it was Katic's fault, right, for both the goals. But see if he's just stuck to that four four two, right? And just say Katic like St Johnson did still score. I still think we would have went on to win that game because if we had a four four two, we like we were if we just kept it in that, we would have won that game because for one, we were in the ascendancy, winning the game, dominating St Johnson, we were comfortable. And I don't understand why Gerard decided to revert back to that. Honestly, that annoyed me so much. Made no sense. Amazing, like, because we're literally like you said, we started the game four three three, we were losing, we changed the system, got two goals, um, and see when we did change this, they weren't creating any chances. No, they weren't. So I don't think we would have conceded. You're saying uh, even if we did concede, I don't think we would have conceded anyway. And Gerard, I don't know why. Why he done it? He's probably questioning himself, like to this moment that he's still questioning. I'm, I'm sure that a day after the game, he was questioning that. Like, oh, why did I do that? I think it's just him just being a young and experienced manager. He's too stubborn, man. I love Gerard to bits, right? And he a hundred and ten percent is the right man for the job, but. I was see after that game I was pissed off at what he done where he threw Katic under the bus right Katic we all know had a terrible terrible game right but remember what he said where he was like um, sooner Hollander's back the better I clear did get Katic right because everyone watching that final knew that was not a a dig at Goldson it was a dig at Katic right 100% and the thing that pissed me off about that comment so much right is because he final knew Katic was having a nightmare in the first half he should have took him off at half time, but no, he kept him on for the entire game, which made no sense. So you threw Katic under the bus when you knew that he was having a terrible game. Why not take him off? Exactly. Like I just, I think Katic for me has been um, the first time I remember him being really poor this season was the nil against Aberdeen. I think ever since that game, he's been poor, and it's quite, it annoys me because we were all just coming for Katic to get in the team, and now he's. Basically, well, not now, because he's been so bad, but basically when he did get in the team, his, in his space was comfortable because Hollander was injured. 
he just his levels dropped. I think he was better when he was trying to fight for his place. When he was in the team, he done well. That's why we were, we were calling for him to be in the team. But he needs to not like his levels drop. Is he just thinks oh, I'm in the team now? I'm, you know, more mm-hmm. center back with Goldson. You know, I'm not gonna get dropped. And his levels just dropped. His concentration dropped, and it's just it's so annoying because we we can all see his potential, how good he can be. And I, I know Tony was saying that Katic is our best defender. Because I don't agree with that. I think he's still too raw. He's makes too many mistakes. Yes, he's. I, I think he's probably the best ahead in the ball in the team. I mean, obviously that was proven against Celtic and and defending wise, he's really good ahead in the ball. He's just out of form, mate. That's he's out of form, and he's very raw, and it's just annoying that it's happened at this point in the season. I know. No, it is annoying. But before we wrap up, um, I just want to ask you this: What do you make about? Uh, like some of these Rangers fans on Twitter saying that Gerard should go. I think it's just it's a probably knee jerk rea- reaction. Big time, mate. Big time. I think it's just um, obviously we're doing very well in Europe at the moment. We still get every chance to have um, win the Scottish Cup. Obviously the league two questions need to be asked to the team of why that's happened for a second year in a row. Um, obviously after giving it all, we've learned our lessons from last season. That but going back to the point. Um, there's no way Gerard should be shacked, uh, sacked. He's took us on. He's improved us dramatically. Honestly. Honestly, he has done like even though we're not won anything under him so far, he's done a good job in my opinion, and he is the right man for the job. A hundred and ten percent, he is. Hundred percent. The only way I would maybe question him is if the end of next season they get ten in a row and we've still not won a trophy. That's not. Mate, see if we right. See if get ten. I don't even think we will sack Gerard. He'll just walk. Because he'll know, like, that's not good enough. He knows that he's been brought in for, like, to stop... He's been brought in to stop Celtic's dominance, right? And Gerard knows that if he wants this Liverpool job, he has to be a success at Rangers, right? And you know how Klopp's contract's up at the same time Gerard's contract Aye. is? I think, quietly, behind the scenes, I think Klopp's said to Gerard. In fact, he said it publicly that he wants Gerard to see them. Yeah, and that. it's uh, like I don't think it's any coincidence, right, that both of them have deals right up until twenty twenty four, right? Definitely. Because I think Klopp said to him, "If you do well at Rangers, this job's yours." Yeah, I mean it's so, obviously not up to Klopp, but no, I think see what like see Klopp, the Liverpool are going to win the league this year, right? Yeah. And he's going to go down as one of the greatest managers in Liverpool's history, right? So Klopp, I think he well he ha- he has that much. I think he has enough power where he can say to the board, you know what, like I'm not telling you who to pick, but uh, here's my recommendation. The board it's are going like, to take that on board, and they're going to say to they're going to be like, okay, we are going to listen to Jurgen Klopp. You've won, you've won the Premier League for us, won Champions League, could win the Champions League again. He'll they they'll take that on board and be like, okay, Steven Gerrard, and but Gerrard needs to do well at Rangers first. Hundred percent. It's kind of like when Fergie said to the board, bring in Moyes. Obviously, Fergie was there for. You know he was he's probably the greatest manager of all time, um and you know he done absolutely wonderful things at Manu, but it's kind of the same because Klopp's not been anywhere near long enough as Fergie was at um, Manu, but he's still probably got that same kind of I thought not authority over the board but kind of same you know the board like you said trust him and him to say off oh, Gerard yeah we trust you let's give it to Gerard, but um. The point I wanted to make is, I don't know if you, you'd agree with this, uh, you, you might, but if Gerard um, fails Rangers and walks away from, from us, if they get 10, I don't think we'll ever go back into management. 
No, I think so. Nah, I don't think he will. I think the only three teams I can see him managing are obviously Rangers, Liverpool, and uh, England. I don't think uh, Gareth Southgate will be there for like you know. I think he'll be there for a good while. Klopp obviously was touched on their contract for it at the same time. So if he feels Rangers and walks away, he would he never get the England job, and obviously wouldn't get the Liverpool job. So I think he would never go back to management. I think he would need to work his way up again. If that was the case, you know what? Like he would need to be an assistant coach or fund coach or whatever. Um, but I think he would probably take a long, long break, and then he would try and gradually work himself. Yeah. Back up, like for example, you might even, I don't know, like just say, down like years and years down the line, you might be a third coach at Liverpool. I don't know, right? Um, but I don't think that will happen because Gerrard's going to do it at Rangers. Yeah, like we're talking next year. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to. Um, hopefully, win the league next season. Hopefully, win the Scottish Cup this. I think we need to win the Scottish Cup this season. Yeah. I think that's obviously doing well in Europe is very well. That's fantastic, but. Our priority now needs to be winning the Scottish Cup. I agree. I absolutely agree, mate. So, before we wrap up, uh, we've got Scottish Cup fixtures this weekend. Yeah. And Hibs versus Inverness, Matt. What's uh, your prediction for that one? Yeah, uh, I'm going to... Inverness have actually been doing... Yeah, it's actually tonight. Uh, I don't know what the score is. Um, I'll, do, I'll check just now for you. I don't know what the score is. Um, obviously, I think Hibs... Uh, they're... I do have a prediction now. I think Hibs are winning. Uh, they're playing against Inverness from the Championship. So, I think Hibs will be winning 2-1 uh, right now. 2-0, two, 2-1. Two, two, no, two, uh, yeah, I'm going to go... Uh, um, I'm going to go with Hibs Bale. Uh, 2-0. Uh, what's the score right now? I don't know. I'll just, I, I'm just guessing. I've got up. So the score right now, 1-0 Hibs. Right, so they'll win. So Hearts versus Rangers tomorrow, Matt. It would not surprise me if you go out tomorrow. <laughs> it would not. Because we get this, like, I had a, a fantastic performance against Braga. Then we go back into domestic form. Then, like, watch um, this. It would not surprise me. Cause but, it's the exact same conversation where we've we done well. Uh, in Europe in the first leg against Braga and dropped points against St Johnson. I know. So but I genuinely think we'll, we'll win tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Um, uh, Hearts, like, they have not won a game since... Beating us. Yeah. And they, they're going down. I'm saying it now. Hearts are going down. They are. They, like, when you, when you look at their squad, they've got some decent individual players there, right? But... They're not playing as a team, and I had my doubts about Stendhal when he yeah. first took the job on. I didn't. I think he'd be good. Very quickly, though. If Hearts do go down, will Boyce stay? Uh, Bo- Liam Boyce? Aye. Uh, no. Yeah. No, I think uh, he'll... I think... Yeah, uh, yeah uh, no, I think some team in the Premiership will pick him up. Yeah. Um, in the Premiership, I mean Scottish Premiership. Yeah. So, I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to go for a... a a 3 0 Rangers win, I feel optimistic. Uh, I'm going to go with 2 0, I'm going to go with Aribo and Hadji. No Camberry, by the way, obviously, because we'll Cup tied. Um, St. Mirren versus Aberdeen. St. Um, Mirren, they've been in decent form, beat Motherwell during the week. Aberdeen, what, what, what else have I say this season? We've seen they got beat off Ross County last week. I know, um, Josh was not happy about that. I know he was not. Um, I'm going to go. Will uh, they go to a replay? Or yeah, just, replay. So I'm going to go one each end. I'm going to go. 2-1 St. And St. Johnson versus Celtic. 3-0 uh, Celtic. I'm going to say 2-0 Celtic. Edward gets a double. So, Matt, pleasure as always. Fantastic show. And uh, until next time, bro, take care. We'll see you soon.